Hey, I'm Amanda Vernon. And I'm Father Matt Face, and this is We Should Pray. The podcast in which we discuss how prayer transforms tragedy into comedy. In this episode, we talk about being superhuman. No, uh, super deprived? No, taking religious vows. That makes one of us. Tragedy, vanity, vanities. We should pray. We should pray. Our theme today is my best friend's vows. Yeah, you. Mine? Hey, I remember that day. Congratulations. Thanks. Usually Thanks. in these episodes, we start with the problem. Yeah. And then we kind of change the subject usually. And like laugh for a while, but then we we pray. We're laughing at the problem. Yeah. yeah, but then we pray about the problem, mm-hmm. and then we're able to look at it with new eyes, new vision. Eyes of Christ. Yeah, and then instead of the problems being a tragedy, they turn into a comedy. So about your vows. Yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> um. It depends on like what phase of my life I was in. Like now. Is that's a question, but then, like, what, like, when let's say, like, when you were like when we were 20, yeah, chastity, mainly chastity and poverty and obedience, all of them were problems. So, all three of the vows, <laughs> they're all problematic, they were for me, yeah, <laughs> and being close to you, at least in my perception of what it would mean to be close, to you. <laughs> they were problematic. Actually, they were just problematic before you actually took them, yeah, yeah, and then not. After, but that's jumping ahead. Okay. The problem with your vows now, as it relates to our friendship, is that then, like, people don't believe us. Yeah, like the the perception that people put on us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That I've noticed, anyway. Some people, right? Yeah, not everyone, but mm-hmm. it seems to me that a, a number of people, like, don't believe us, like, from... um maybe a couple of different um, paradigms, like one mm-hmm. uh, from the point of view of like, uh, they basically don't believe that we could be best friends mm-hmm. and upholding your vows. Right. Like when Once. Harry met Sally. Yeah. Yeah. And so it seems like maybe people focus on one or the other. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that you could really be that close. Right. Or yeah. like, I don't know if you could really be maintaining your vows sort of thing oh that's problematic it is that's kind of icky isn't it we're gonna talk about this let's make this a short episode yeah that'd be better maybe here we go speed talking okay people won't believe that we are best friends because because they think that once you become a priest you don't need any friends and you're holier than everyone (laughs) you're glowing that's right in the moonlight that's that's how it happens. <laughs> I don't. Oh, dude! I don't sometimes people like, talk about me, you, you to me when you're not there, and they're like, "Father Matt, he's so oh, <laughs> he's the way he prays." I'm like, he ought to pray like that all the time, every day, actually. And so sometimes I say that out loud, or sometimes I'm just like that. <laughs> yes, that priesthood. Yeah. Um, no, but like. It, 
in the sense of like clericalism, right? Is like yes. this idea that that if you have an official role, official title, and like um, what responsibility mm-hmm. even within mm-hmm. the church, whether it's a priest or even just somebody in just even somebody in another leadership role who is not ordained per se, that but, you're like way up on this pedestal. Yeah, like if you're working for the church, if you're a minister of the church, like by necessity, you're holier than me. Or if it's you, I'm holier than yeah. these people, yeah. And that your role Ugh. makes you such, which is just a bad setup for everyone. And so that's what mm-hmm. I'm like revolting against. Yeah, this perception that like, <laughs> that people put on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm not trying to tear you well, down from the pedestal. I'm just trying to like... I mean, well, are, I, wanna... I mean, you are a professional prayer. Well, so. that is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get, I don't want you to tear me down from the pedestal, but I want to make sure that I'm not on a pedestal. Yes. That's important. Yeah, yeah. Because like in order to be up there, I think that that you or mm-hmm. I, like I know that there's been situations where I've experienced this too with people like in church settings, especially looking at me and just kind of, I just kind of got the sense that they were like, Oh, but that's because you're leading or you're like, I'm Mm -hmm. ministering to somebody. So therefore I have this like insider knowledge or something or ability or grace. And I'm like, and so I think, I think I just cringe at that. Right. But like I, it takes some time and attention on my part to like walk that back Mm -hmm. and not allow that to persist. And sometimes it's really uncomfortable, especially if the person like wants to put you up there yeah. because yeah, it's almost like you're, you, I don't want to like argue. <laughs> I mean, no, I, hold on, hold on. I actually sin a lot. Right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like how do you do that yeah. gracefully? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that's from, from that point of view, some people think like y- we wouldn't be able to be friends because mm-hmm. like you're in this like holy place. <laughs> if I'm up <laughs> so on the pedestal. You're laughing about that. Right. It wants you to be in a holy place to talk about. Yes, but I think that's from like the ch- the church culture mm-hmm. perspective, right? But then there's there's the other. I would say, I mean, there's there's a lot of ways that you know a lot of conversations we've had about our friendship with people, especially because we like wrote a book about it. But um, I would say like predominantly, mm-hmm. then there's like the other side, which is a more I think secular viewpoint, which like I'm like. Uh, on an airplane talking to somebody and they like, what do you do? And I tell them and after a while, they like, I mentioned the book and I'm like, I'm a writer and I'm like, Hey, evangelization. So I start telling them a little bit about the book and they're like, Oh, <laughs> like you can just see they're like, and he's a priest. Right. And you're like, what's going on? You know, what's going on? So I think I would like to, to look at that and, um, and talk about, um, like my experience of your vows as your best friend. So, yeah. Um, first, I want to talk about speed walking. <laughs> Metaphorical Lucas, speed walking? No, actual speed walking in the Lucas Oil Stadium. I remember that. We we spent a lot of hours in the Lucas Oil Stadium, we along with did. like twenty five thousand other. Catholics, most of them teens, mm-hmm. um, for the National Catholic Youth Conference a number of years ago. And I was giving a concert 
in the evening, like on the main stage. And then you and I gave some workshops during mm -hmm. the day. And by the time I was on the main stage, like we had already given our talks. And so there are all these teens, especially who recognize you like in your habit. Yeah. Father Matt, Father Matt. And I was like asking you, I'm like, can you please act as my bodyguard for a second? Cause I need to walk through here. But then it didn't work because they'd be like, Father Matt. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. And so, <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, no, it's so, it so fun though to connect with them in that way, right? But there was this one point where, we were walking through the tunnel between the convention center and the Lucas Oil Stadium. Mm -hmm. And I was telling you about speed walking. <laughs> I was telling you about Mary Gantz. Mary Gantz is a friend. David, do you remember the Mary Gantz? Yes, I do. Like not just Mary Gantz, the person, but the Mary Gantz, the speed walking. Oh yeah. You couldn't just go on a walk with her. It wasn't just, you weren't just walking. <laughs> you weren't even just speed walking. It was next level. What was it like, David? I was like a jog for me. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Gantz is like what five foot three, maybe. Yeah, she's shorter. Than and me. she can just she has a a different level of ability when it comes to walking. She's like, I'm gonna go out for a walk, You're like, <laughs> right? And so I was telling you about this for some reason because it was this long hallway, and I kind mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to run, but I had like high heels on, mm -hmm. and then you were in your habit, so I was like, we could speed walk. And you're like, yeah, sure. I'm like, okay, I'll race you in a speed walk. But you didn't know about the Mary Gantz. I did not know about the Mary Gantz. But I, I did. I knew enough about speed walking to know, like, <laughs> I can pull this off, right? You said to pretend you're at a pool. And they've said, don't run. That's Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> totally you stole Jim from Gaffigan. Jim, Gaffigan. Totally Jim Gaffigan. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, kids at the pool. <laughs> I'm not running. I'm not running. I'm not running. <laughs> so, okay, so we... We this was official between you and me, mm -hmm. and we were like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna race <laughs> to the end to of this the hall. End but there the like hall. weren't really people around. A lot of people, uh, but like, some people. Yeah, it wasn't a crowd of people. No. Yeah, we weren't gonna have to like dodge people. Did you while consider how this would like blow in the wind of your walking? Look, I, I'm a bit embarrassed to admit. <laughs> there's never a moment I don't consider how my cape blows in the wind. <laughs> No capes. <laughs> okay. No well, I'm very careful around jets. Okay. So here we are, if you can picture this, like in the in the, the walkway, right? There's so there's like the, the underground tunnel walkway. Yeah. <sighs> Was there like electric could we take like an electric one like on the walkway, like in the I th I airport? Think there was, yeah. You could choose that, but mm -hmm. we were just like on the solid ground. Mm -hmm. We were like And your shoulders and your cape. And then we're like, <laughs> you were really fast. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've sped walked. You and too. like Mary Gantz. I would love to see that. Mary. Hi, if you're listening, Mary. This is Father Matt. We talk, I don't know. I talked to about him a lot, but I would love to introduce you sometime. And I would really like to be there when the two of you take a walk sometime together. Okay. So we get to the end of our race. And I'm pretty sure I won. And then, and then, as I recall, there's this lady who's like walks yes, up who had like observed this, and she's like, "Excuse me, hi, Father. I just wanted to know if you could pray for my granddaughter." <laughs> Which isn't a funny request. No, and it's a request that happens to you like all the time. Regular, it's Which when I love. you're wearing your habit, oh, yeah. like or any identifying priestly garb. Yeah, and all of a sudden we went from like. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. To like, 
Hi. Yes. What's the name of your granddaughter? Yeah, what's definitely what's going we'll on? pray for her. Absolutely. I was like, I'll braid too. <laughs> She's like, whatever, random speedwalker. <laughs> but I <laughs> I think that there's sometimes this, you know, there's like a dichotomy there between <laughs> between maybe that like father pray for me and like <laughs> father let your best friend win in your race down the walkway. Well, well, I think, um, I mean, the, the, the dichotomy I see or that I experience from that, right. Yeah. Is this sense of like, um, like shock when I have fun at times, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm, I'm a person and like, and I think, I mean, I, I, I truly believe, right. I'm a better religious. I'm a better priest. Mm-hmm. I can, I can pray for that granddaughter better. Because of speed walking. Because of speed walking. <laughs> well, I mean, not speed walking specifically, right? But yeah, right? Because of like a real encounter. But yeah, specifically in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> of like living life well, beautifully in, in the context of my vows, in the context of God, right? All of this stuff. Um, and incorporating all of that in yeah. to the way that I'm praying for people, the way that I'm ministering to people, the way that I'm connecting with, with others in ministry. Yeah. What about... What about the time? <laughs> sorry. sorry. Oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> sorry. <clears throat> what about the time when we got locked out of the ranch in New Mexico in the middle of the night? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well. Um, so. What about that? It was adventurous, <laughs> and was I feel like it was all the things that our culture like really holds up and celebrates in the fact of like it was adventurous and it was like sort of mysterious and it was like we had to just like figure out the problem Mm -hmm. um cinematic yeah it was beautiful um also you were in your habit as well so okay here's the story we get so we were giving talks again Mm -hmm. and uh we were gonna give a retreat in El Paso, Texas, but we stayed in a neighboring small town, village, as it were, in New Mexico, where there's this big, beautiful ranch, and there's a community of of Christians who, yeah, who share their um, their meals together and pray together and and work this land together, and so they have various houses for retreats. So different priests will come there to take a retreat. It's like so quiet in mm-hmm. the middle of. Pretty much nowhere. Yeah, um, bunch of ranch land. Yeah, and so we were gonna stay there. You know, I was in this guest house with another female retreatant who was there, and you had your own like little little house. Sh- I don't house call is it a shack. Word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was it was more rustic. Yeah, it had running water. It had a bed. There you go. It had lights. And so, but we got there late after giving a talk for young adults, and so. I, I communicated with our friend who is, you know, setting up the arrangements for us. And she said, okay, yeah, we'll leave the gate unlocked. You can just come in and we'll kind of leave the lock as though it's it's um, secured so mm-hmm. that nobody will know the gate's unlocked. But then you can just clamp uh, it. After you're through, make sure yeah, it's locked. after you're through. And like this gate is like, what, a mile, two miles? Um, actually, oh, I know this now. It is three quarters of a mile. Oh, three yeah. quarters of a mile from like the the house where I was going to be staying and where the key to everything is located, like the key to that gate. Yes. 
So we Now, drew- some might ask at this point, why wasn't the key to that gate on your person? Well, because I hadn't arrived there yet. This was, we were just we were like just checking arriving in. For the first or like, yeah, yeah, arriving for the first time, but it was super late because we had been like traveling all day to mm-hmm. get there. And so, um, like, we had flown across our country and given a talk to young adults first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we get mm-hmm. there, it's like late 10 something, um, as I recall. And then the gate was not left unlocked. <laughs> The lock was there, and it was, and it was clicked locked. all the way in. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and the only phone numbers I have for them are the cell phone and the house number. But this, the house number would ring like at their house, and they have like five little kids, young mm-hmm. little kids, in a really like a pretty small little house. I'm like, I can't. I just felt so Wake rude. Up the whole house. Waking up the whole house. So you try the cell phone, didn't answer. Like texted, didn't answer. And then this was one of the first tours that we went on together. And I was like, just praying. I'm like, what would I do if I was just by myself? <laughs> and like, I would just jump the gate and figure it out. And I'm looking at you and your habit. I'm like, okay, man. <laughs> Welcome to life on the road. I was thinking though, my cape's going to look pretty cool fluttering in the wind <laughs> as I jump across this gate. You're like jumping over the gate. <laughs> your cape is like. Yeah. <laughs> there's like so many stars out it's like ridiculous i keep thinking i'm like hearing a coyote because it's so super dark i'm walking on this dirt path and like <laughs> and then my friend calls <laughs> and i got like i had enough service to answer the call I'm like, what she's like what are you doing right now i'm like uh <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna believe this but i'm i'm breaking into the place where i'm supposed to stay <laughs> So we got like, finally we walked there and I was able to like use the little code that she gave me to get in. I got the key and I gave it back to you and then you. Then I had to walk back. Walked back. Alone. <laughs> past the coyotes. Jump the gate again. <laughs> yeah. Get the car. Unlock the gate. <sighs> yeah, that worked. That was funny. Um, and, the, and for me. <laughs> okay. There's more I want to say about this, but I feel like we should break. We should pray. Because nobody's going to believe us. We should pray. Okay. What should we pray? Let's pray for uh, for vocations. Yeah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Loving Father, you uh, have created us You have made us for your love. You've made us for eternity. You guide us every day as we go. You guide us uh, to truly be and become uh, the fullest and and greatest that we can be through your love. Lord, we know that one of the greatest gifts we have on this earth is being your love in the world, being uh, responding with with your grace, with your love, we know, Lord, that many people, many many people, need to receive you, need to receive uh, an experience of your love. Lord, we ask that you may touch the hearts of um, so many men and women right now who desire to respond to your call, desire to respond with your love, but 
uh, are perhaps hesitant or unsure. Lord, touch their hearts. Let them trust in you, trust in your guidance, and trust in the beauty of responding to your call. Lord, thank you for the strength that you give us through your joy. Just ask that you would fill our hearts with gladness, Lord, that we could rejoice in the gifts that you have for us, that we would, would be rejoice in the hope that we know in the cross that you are there with us in our hardships, in our struggles, in the things that we don't understand, and that you transform everything that we go through to be for your glory, for our good, Lord. I ask that we would live in the joy that you have bestowed upon us, that we would receive it and share it with others. I ask that you would bless each person who's listening to this, even maybe years from the time that we're saying these words, Lord, that they would know an abundance of joy and a trust that you're leading them, guiding them, and calling them. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, a couple more minutes here. I would like to share about my perspective of your vows mm -hmm. and the blessing your vows are to me. Man, like, I mean, that example of being in New Mexico, right? Like, that's a little unbelievable. But a lot of my life is unbelievable to people, <laughs> not just my friendship with you, but like the situations that I'm in traveling across the country and across the world to sing and to perform on stage. It's a unique mm -hmm. job that I, I have. And then to use that for ministry is also unique. And then the fact that I'm doing that often on my own. A lot of stories. Yeah. And so there have been many times when the situation is borderline dangerous. Um, you have a lot of stories about like being in Manhattan on tour that are like ridiculous. Um, or just other other places where it's, you know, it's like a like a tough, tough situation mm -hmm. to be in. And yet I believe that the Lord is calling me to be there. Now, I'm not, even though I, I might be there physically on my own, David, you know, working with me as my manager and, mm -hmm. of, and then, of course, as my husband, caring for me, caring for our children, making sure that all is well at home. And then, like, it's only through that support that I'm able to go out there. But being on the road so often as, as my full-time job for touring, just um, that that's a particular, like, challenge, one that I love, but it's... Um, it's it's difficult often in in, mm -hmm. in certain ways, and so um, the fact that you were there with me in New Mexico when I was like locked out on this, <laughs> you know, and at this middle of nowhere, in the range. middle of nowhere, but every once in a while, like a you know, like a car would drive by, a truck would drive by, and I was just thinking, like, how how would that be if if I, it was just me there? Mm -hmm. But the fact that you were there, not just you. But like you as a priest, you as a religious, right? 
poverty and chastity and obedience. It's like those gifts, those are such gifts that you're able to share with me um, that I can trust in and lean into. Um, trust that you care about me and you care about my family and you care about what's best for me, right? Um, that you're not trying to like use me or um, take advantage of me or something. Um, and then like even like poverty, right? The reason we were staying there at this ranch in the first place is is because we were accepting their generosity so that we could fulfill our ministry. Yeah. And then obedience, like you were on this tour because your religious community gave you permission to. There's no way that mm-hmm. you would have gone even considered going had you not had their blessing explicitly to, mm-hmm. to, to do so. So it was like, it wasn't just you there with me. It was like Holy Cross, right? you know? And so what I first saw with trepidation when we were younger and I thought about you becoming a priest, joining a religious order, was like our friendship was going to be over. But it's been so full, like so abundant. Um, and so protected in God's love through the vows, mm-hmm. right? And I just would like to point out that it's 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 because of God's love, right? It's not because of the vows. It's not like because you took the vows, then I can trust you completely, yeah. <laughs> right? Because there's definitely people who have taken vows who I do not trust for various reasons. But mm-hmm. it's God's love. Right, yeah. Through those vows mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah, living those vows fully in and um embracing them fully, right? Not trying to mm-hmm. cheapen them or or, or cut corners or, or those pieces, yeah. 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 No, that I mean that description of the vows that you gave of like first seeing them as such a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Um but then being able to see the beauty. I mean, that's that's exactly what what I've gone through and I mean continue to go through really. Um in my experience of the vows, you know, at, at first when I heard about them, poverty, chastity, obedience, like that sounds rough, <laughs> but to really understand the, the beauty and the gift in them, um, man, that's been, yeah, it's been really awesome. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny that like in the church, there might be this hesitation, like what, are you supposed to be human still? Like either, yeah. <laughs> like, are you not superhuman now that you've taken these vows? Um, or like uh, not in need of friendship, for instance. And yet we have so many examples in our church of, uh, really beautiful and like exceptionally robust friendships. Yeah. Whether it's between a man and a woman or like two monks or different situations, right. But between like two people who have this deep spiritual friendship and, and like so much, poetry and and reflection and writing about God's love in these friendships like that are not not in marriage right mm-hmm. but um that still have this deep sharing of their souls and so like we have this history of this in our church um but I think that definitely um flies in the face of our our, our culture right now and so uh it's been great to just take a few a few minutes, a short episode to try to explain that, even though I know it might sound a little unbelievable. Well, I mean, what miracles aren't. Amen. Thank you so much to the Congregation of Holy Cross who has given Father Matt their permission to 
be part of this podcast to do ministry with me and to be able to really share from his point of view as a religious. And thanks to all of you who have uh, supported this podcast, especially uh, Amanda Vernon patrons. If you're not an Amanda Vernon patron, it's pretty awesome to be. You could become an Amanda Vernon patron and learn about the rewards that I will send you in Thanksgiving at amandavernon.com slash patron. God bless in all you do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.